0: Sequence star. six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. In the Diocese of Sioux Falls, Bishop Donald de Groot is inviting all Catholics to lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. But what does that mean and what does it matter to our life? That's what we'll be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want you to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, Ignition. At SFcatholic.org. I'm joined in studio by Father Scott Trainer, uh, a priest. Well, Father Scott Trainer, hi, Father. Hi, Chris. How are you doing today? Doing well, thank you. Would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? Sure. My name is Father Scott.
1: I'm a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. I was ordained in 2000, uh, and I'm currently serving
0: as the Vicar for Lay and Clergy Formation in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. There we go. And and we are talking today. That what I, Father, what I. Teased up at the, at the top of the show, Bishop's invitation uh, to Catholics in the Diocese of Sioux Falls to lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love is his vision for the diocese. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what part of what you and I are doing in our roles is helping people become, frankly, first of all, aware <laughs> that he has a vision and what it is. And so what we're gonna do to, in this episode today is, is unpack that vision a little bit. But to start off maybe, uh, to the degree that you, that we're aware, familiar with, where did this vision come from? Yeah, it's great. So Bishop DeGroote, when he was Father DeGroote back in the Archdiocese
1: of St. Paul, Minneapolis, at his different parish assignments, he's told the story that at certain points, maybe it was sometimes at the beginning, maybe sometimes a little bit into the assignment, uh, he would give, a, he would be given a very specific inspiration in prayer for the way that God was asking him to lead the parish, mm-hmm. a direction to lead the parish in his role as pastor. And he had that grace very early on after being ordained as the Bishop of Sioux Falls, right. And this is the vision that God put on his heart, lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. And if we're thinking about uh, our cultural situation, one of the things, one of the initiatives we've had in uh, promoting this vision is a book study of from Christendom to Apostolic Mission, which mm-hmm. is a great book put out by the University of Mary that just describes from a historical context that, we're no longer in a Christendom situation, whereby in a Christendom culture, if someone's just kind of drifting along with the culture, it's going to tend to lead them closer to Christ in the church. Right. But we live in a very secular age, in a more and more aggressively secular age, and people might be familiar uh, in our listening audience with uh, you know Pew studies and Gallup polls. That are kind of chronicling the decline of church involvement, Sunday Mm -hmm. mass attendance, frequenting confession, belief in the basic tenets of the faith, those kinds of things. And one of the things that was, uh, I remember Bishop DeGrood speaking about early on was like in his heart, like instead of just wondering how can we manage that decline incrementally more effectively than other places, God, what can we do to really? Uh, so that 20 years from now, it's not just further decline, but we're actually growing and we're thriving and we're flourishing and we're making disciples. And this is uh, part of the grace that God gave him in response to that beautiful prayer. Like, God, what do you want
0: us to be doing to be building up the church and not just resigning ourselves to decline? Right, right. So so we, I, I've described it actually, and you, you, we had a conversation about this not too long ago. I usually describe this as bishop's vision, but really... It's the Lord's vision through the prism, the lens, if you will, of this man who is the bishop of the diocese who falls. Right, right on. And, what, what, and what's, what's the importance of making that distinction? Um, usually if I, if I say bishop's vision, that's not quite right. What's the difference in saying yeah. it's really God's vision through him?
1: Well, in scripture, we read things like this. Unless the Lord builds the house, in vain do the labors build. Amen. In vain is your early rising and your growing later to rest. While the Lord pours out his blessings on his faithful, why they slumber. So really, to change hearts and minds is the work of God. It's God who can do the heavy lifting, to bring people to a life-changing encounter with himself, to awaken their hearts to his presence, power, and love, to draw them more deeply in that relationship, and to... Uh put them on mission to uh help others know him, encounter him, and grow in relationship with him. So it is God's work, beginning, middle, and end. The fact that we're called to participate, we have a real role. You know, we're not quietists, like, okay, right, right. So I'm back. gonna sit in the chapel and God's gonna do all the right. work. It's not that. But the fact that we're called to labor in the vineyard is actually an elevation of our dignity that God calls us to be participants in his saving action, his plan of love in the world. That itself, to me, is super. I mean, it's awesome and it's um, exciting. It's what an amazing thing that God calls us human beings, whatever our state in life, to be laborers for His plan of love and salvation for the world. Amen. It's amazing. So it's not just like let's sit around and let's have a smart guy in the room. Bishop is a real smart guy, and he's going to have like, oh, here's a good thing we can do. Right. Uh, but no, this is God. What's the? Where are you leading us so that we can more effectively cooperate to you with you? Because unless he builds the house, our, our efforts, our best and well-intentioned efforts are going to
0: be in vain. Are in vain. So again, this, this vision that, that Bishop received in prayer, lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. So It's a just- mouthful. It's a, it is a mouthful. It doesn't fit real easy on like a, a coffee. Somebody said no, coffee mug. Well, big coffee mug. It's bugs. a big coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> the wristband thing. Well, it's going to be a long acronym. So, so we <laughs> want to take most of today's episode, Father, really unpacking. What this and, and I should say too, and I'll say again at the end, we're spending a lot of we're going to spend a lot of time and energy explaining to folks what this vision yeah. actually means and spreading it. You and I have had the experiences we've talked to Catholics are already around the diocese, even though Bishop has been talking about it. A lot of people haven't really heard it or internalized it mm-hmm. yet. So we want to maybe today help people take that next step. Maybe you've never heard it before. Maybe you have heard it and you're in. What does that mean? We want to a little bit uh, dip our toe into. this vision is
1: yeah something i'd just say right out of the gate and then we'll start unpacking each of those terms maybe from the inside out uh is that uh it's very important in the diocese of sioux falls this isn't a diocesan program that we are putting Mm. together like our office is putting together and then we're trying to flog every parish to like get (laughs) on board with the one program yeah the real clarity is like no uh this is the vision this is where god is calling us through the ministry of our bishop And uh, our job is to help every parish, every Catholic school, every Catholic group. And think of like your family at home is a Catholic group in the diocese to hear the vision, understand it, and then really to accompany them and help them. How can I pray and see what is God asking of me in my local circumstance, in my family, in my parish, in my school? How can we take next steps along this pathway according to this vision? So uh, that is our job. So there's going to be hundreds of laboratories of right. lifelong missionary discipleship through God's love in our diocese, and I, I, I'm very excited to see what God raises up. Amen. So the, the confidence is that God in each situation, each group, each school, each parish, is going to raise up the ideas and the talents and uh,
0: the opportunities to move forward according to this path to which he has called us. Amen. Amen. So again, lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. And you said something interesting there. We're going to unpack it from the inside out. Yeah. What do you mean? Because there's a lot of descriptive terms in that vision. Right. 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 So let's just start with discipleship. Okay. What
1: is discipleship? And this will be familiar to so many of our listeners, but let's talk about discipleship as the process by which I'm led to a life changing encounter with Jesus Christ. And there is a whole series of kind of stepping stones in the pathway of discipleship that will lead up to that. Uh, Sherry Waddell in her excellent book, Forming Intentional Disciples, she names those stepping stones as trust, which can lead uh, to curiosity, to openness, to seeking. And that prepares for that initial and life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. in which I make a decision that, yes, I want to organize my life around around Jesus Christ, to be a follower of him. Uh, and we shouldn't presume that just, you know, people Sunday going Catholics, which is already a minority of Catholics, according to the Pew studies, uh, that, that everyone who's coming to mass, of course, have had that experience. Many have not, but it's something that God wants for every person. Uh, it also frames the, well, so if we talk about discipleship, that process by which I'm led from wherever I'm at to that initial, um, coming alive in faith, that, uh, personal encounter with Jesus, which, uh on which occasion I make a decision to follow him, which might be in a moment, like on a retreat some weekend or at mass some weekend, uh, or it might just be over a period of time in my life. Right. And then, uh, secondly, where I'm helped to grow in that relationship once I've decided to follow Jesus. And thirdly, uh, the process by which I'm equipped to help others do the same, to meet them, accompany them into those encounters with Jesus and to build
0: their relationship with him. So that's the vision of discipleship at the center of the vision. The so and that last stage then kind of teases, sets us up for the the next word that comes yep. in front. Of us. So missionary discipleship right. to be a disciple yep. uh, really requires right that I'm actually sharing. If if I'm not sharing my faith in a, in a way, I'm not really a disciple, right? Certainly, there's a, I'm not matured as a disciple, Ma- right? Not matured. As so a disciple.
1: every single one of us, no matter our vocation life, as a married person, as a consecrated person, as an ordained priest. Every one of us, uh, God has commissioned through our baptism yep. to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. That is the great commission of the church, and it applies to every baptized person. Right. So, yes, every one of us is called, uh, the simplest way for me, to, I can think to say it, is to give as a gift what we received as a gift. Ooh. And this is a natural thing. Uh-huh. If you see a great movie, you read a great book, you have a great meal at a restaurant. The natural human thing to do is to share that with your friends and your family. Like, oh, man, I was, I was at Tachilla Mattella. is outside the catacombs in Rome. And I had salt and boca <laughs> and screen. And it was like, if I'm on death row, that's my last meal. Like, that, like I'm going to tell people about that. I'm going to tell people about that for 25 years. <laughs> I remembered that lunch. And it's, so it's a natural thing to do. How much more so? the love of God, when I encounter the love of God in a life-changing way, the natural thing to do is to go out to it. And now people will count themselves out because they think like, oh, well, I haven't gone to seminary. I haven't had years of study in theology. Uh, I'm not Dr. Chris Bergwald. How can I do anything? (laughs) Chris can only do all things. Uh, You know, like they count themselves out for all sorts of reasons or including like, oh, I'm not a perfect person. Who am I to suggest this to someone else? And we have so many encouraging examples just in the gospel. Let's let's think of – Andrew and the other apostle, who are the first followers of Jesus, when John the Baptist says, behold the Lamb of God, they go and follow Jesus. And he turns around and says, what are you looking for? And they say, master, where are you staying? And he says to them, come and see. And Andrew, before he follows after Jesus, makes the decision to follow after Jesus, discipleship, um, he first goes and gets his brother Simon, who we know today as Peter, the rock and the first pope, right? That was missionary discipleship just from that initial encounter. Yep. Uh, so it's not like I have to be at some, you know, like mastery of intellect or perfection of life in my, uh, you know, virtue in order to give as a gift, what I received as a gift. In fact, I am confident that the new evangelization is like starting lots of little fires everywhere. That's Mm -hmm. Jesus came. I I've come to set the earth ablaze how I wish it were already blazing. Yes. And I think each one of us has a little set of matches And he wants to give us that pyromaniac spirit, like just to set a little (laughs) fire where I am with what's at hand for me right now. Amen. And I don't have to worry about like solving all the world's problems or being a perfect person before I can give as a gift what I've received as a gift. So missionary discipleship is that clear orientation as I'm encountering Jesus, deciding to follow him and starting to grow in relationship with him very early on. I want to be helped and I want to choose to give as a gift what I've received as a gift, whatever
0: that might be. If you're just tuning in, you listen to Ignition, I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, talking today with Father Scott Traynor of the Diocese of Sioux Falls about Bishop DeGrude's vision, or really the Lord's vision, uh, which he's given to Bishop deGrude on, on the direction for our diocese with him as our bishop. And that vision is lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. So Father, we just unpacked discipleship and then missionary discipleship. we going backwards, we went forwards, yet? Yeah. No, let's go with that. All right. So uh,
1: as we're promoting a culture, building a culture of of missionary discipleship in our diocese, we want to make sure it's Catholic. Meaning what? Meaning that we bring to bear in helping people to encounter Christ, deciding to follow him, growing in that relationship, and helping others to do the same, missionary discipleship, Mm -hmm. that we're bringing to bear the full measure of our heritage as Catholics. We have... You know, we talk about the church, the Catholic church, has the fullness of the means of salvation. It means we have as a heritage all of God's innumerable gifts to help people know him and fall in love with him and allow his love and grace to transform their lives. Okay, So we have scripture and tradition. We have divine revelation, which is communicated through scripture and tradition. We have the surety of the teaching authority of the church, the magisterium, which makes sure that uh, scripture <laughs> and tradition faithfully communicate divine revelation, God's making himself known to every generation without addition or deletion or confusion. Uh, We have the seven sacraments. We have our fellowship with the saints. We have 2,000 years of wisdom of personal prayer. How do I encounter God in my personal prayer that complements my worship in the sacraments uh, as a growing relationship with him? We have the lives of the saints and their witness over 2,000 years in every culture, in every state of life, in every economic condition. What does that look like? Right. Uh, that heritage is beautifully summed up in the fourth pillar of the catechism. We have our forms of fellowship in good Bible studies and, of course, our parish as a family of families in our local area, and the opportunities that we're called to as Catholics for service. Think of the corporal and spiritual works of mercy and many other forms of service to show God's love to the whole world. Uh, as, on a regular basis, the Catholic Church on any given day uh, feeds more hungry people, shelters more homeless people, teaches, educates more people, cares for more sick people than like n- any number of organizations combined right. in the world. And right. we've been doing that for forever.
0: Yep. Amen. Uh,
1: and all of this is part of our Catholic patrimony. So Catholic missionary discipleship, we want the full proclamation of the gospel, the full uh, proclamation of the way that God in his plan of love is calling us to live our lives according to the commandments and beatitudes, the full invitation to ceaseless and intimate union with God in prayer and full immersion in being witnesses of his love through service to our
0: brothers and sisters in fellowship with each other. So that each of us individually and as communities can be set ablaze as fully as intensely. Again, the image of flame that you're talking about earlier, the show ignition, we want ourselves individually and ourselves as communities to be set ablaze and transformed as much as possible, drawn into the depths of God's, perfect love, the divine mm. trinity, yes. so that we can be set ablaze by him. Amen. 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 So Catholic missionary discipleship. Yep. And that Catholic missionary discipleship is meant to be lifelong. Lifelong. Catholic so missionary again,
1: discipleship. if we think about discipleship as having these stages of maturation, leading up to my initial life-changing encounter with Christ and the decision to follow him, mm-hmm. and then steps of growing in relationship with him, and along that way, finding new ways and opportunities to give as a gift what I've received as a gift. That is for every person at every stage of life. It's not like, well, you can't really be a missionary discipleship until you're in high school or college or once you start your family. No. Third graders can be missionary disciples, Catholic missionary disciples. Uh, People who are bedridden in the nursing home can be uh, Catholic missionary disciples. My mom, bless her soul, she passed away five and a half years ago from cancer. Uh, Two-year battle with cancer. Mm. The last year of her life, she was bedridden. And I will tell you, she had she was very active in uh, church groups mm-hmm. uh, my whole adult life and had a beautiful faith, a real faith, and was just like really active, just super active. Well, it was hard for her when she lost that freedom to be out and about with her groups and doing her things. But I will tell you, uh, her intercessory prayer for our family, for her friends, for situations she came to know about— Uh, in the limitations of being confined to her bed, as my dad beautifully cared for her, were powerful and Mm. transformative. I heard many of those graces at her funeral. Former students of hers, as she was 30 plus years as a Catholic grade school teacher, uh, through her friends and just things that they, that happened in their life, in their own relationship with God in the last year before she died. And they came to know of her prayers for her and really attributed those graces to her prayers. Mm lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. The other half of lifelong is this um, realization within that, that all of us are called to Catholic missionary discipleship, no matter our stage or condition in life, that there is a special opportunity of fruitfulness in near peer groups. And what does that mean? Think of a third grader in the Catholic school. If he's in a, if that, if that third grader is in a, you know, a a year three through six, I'm sorry, a K through six school. Right. Who do the third graders look to? Look up to? The sixth graders. Right. Because they're the big kids and the cool kids. Yep. Or if it's a A school, the seventh and eighth graders. Yep. They're the really cool kids. Yep. And who do seventh and eighth graders look up to? High schoolers. Who do high schoolers look up to? College students. So listen, I can go, and I have just recently, go and give a, a good talk on prayer to high school students. And tell them all about the adventure of growing in relationship with God. And I think I do a good job of it, and I think they can receive something good. Man, if I could get a college student— yep who had the, the same understanding, could make a similar presentation through their own experience, witnessing their own experience, they would have the utterly undivided attention of those high schoolers right. because of that special opportunity and fruitfulness of those near-peer interactions. So we're really looking at how can we connect people uh, with the peer group that is just right behind them and take advantage of that special opportunity. This isn't to say a grandparent can't be super inspirational to a 7th grader. They can and they are, especially if they have the heart for that age group and a special Um, interest and attentiveness to them, witnessing God's love. Um, But there is experience shows like through the fruitfulness of net ministries and focus, um, how taking recent high school grads and sending them to high school students to lead retreats or recent college grads back onto college campus to lead uh, Bible studies, there's a special fruitfulness and opportunity in that near peer group. So that's part of that lifelong Lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship.
0: So, um, to, start, to recap both of those, taking like your mom's beautiful example, this is not something that necessarily requires me being, frankly, able to go anywhere. I, I can engage in this vision, this work from my home if, for I, whatever reason, I yep. can find at home for COVID or fighting cancer or whatever it might be. And then there's the the first part. The second part is is you're beautifully sharing the example of, of giving a talk. Um, But when there's somebody who's a near peer that it it just at at a human level, at least initially um, Mm -hmm. there's just more naturally a receptivity to hearing from somebody because, Oh, he's a priest. and He's well, I'm old. And (laughs) great. So lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship uh, period. Comma. Um, I think this father, before we get to the last part now, lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship, I left Yep, makes sense. Heard that before the uh, they've been called for this, but I think this last is what makes, for me at least, is particularly compelling and makes it, if you will, Degrudian. I mean it reflects, <laughs> I think, Bishop DeGrude and 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 much of his own life as a priest and now as a bishop. Mm-hmm. So lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. Right. And the through God's love
1: part is the recognition and the sincere conviction that every step of growth in missionary discipleship needs to be inspired, directed, and sustained by a growing experience of God's infinite and personal and unconditional love for myself as a lifelong Catholic missionary disciple and for the people that I'd be trying Mm -hmm. to reach out to. That it has to be motivated and directed and inspired and sustained. It's God is love, and it's his love— in uh, all its saving power and uh, the dimension of mercy that can actually transform lives. I can't, for all my learning and experience, I can't change anyone's mind or heart. But the love of God can and does and is powerful to do so. So um, the someone could be really motivated in uh, lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship. And maybe not fully or maturely, but they could be motivated like, oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket right. and you darn people, I'm going to go set you straight. Right, <laughs> And, you know, like experience shows, that's not going to be really well received. Yes. and It's not transformative of families or communities or schools or parishes. So this priority, beginning, middle and end, that it is the love of God. We want to experience, we want to help people receive God's love more fully. That's what's going to set them on fire. That's what's going to ignite them to be more generous, more creative, more constant in reaching out and sharing that love with our brothers and sisters, going back to my initial example, you, you, you know, uh, you, you read a good book, you see yeah. a good movie, you have yeah. a great meal, right? Uh, what you share that with is cause that's a good thing and that's a beautiful thing. And it brought delight to your life. That is why you're ease, you're eager and free to share that with the people you care about. Yep. If we're moving out of like out of obligation or out of guilt or just out of like, well, it's, just duty or some other motivation or out of resentment, like, oh, the world's going to hell and we're going to yep. set it straight. Um, none of that is going to really, in a creative and sustaining and fruitful way, motivate and sustain my missionary discipleship. But God's love does because it is delightful, because it is satisfying. When I've experienced that, how much would I have to hate another person not to want to share that with Amen. them in the ordinary circumstances of my interactions
0: Amen. with Amen. Amen. So, Father, we've got about four minutes to go. So, this vision that Bishop received in prayer, inspiration, um, kind of sort of guiding vision for his work as our as our Bishop, the Diocese of Sioux Falls, lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. So, we've gone through sort of unpacked the terms just in the, the the few minutes we have left. What do we do with this now? As you said before, Catholic parishes, schools, groups. Families, individuals. Mm-hmm. What do we do with this? If this is Bishop's vision, as he, and as you rightly and beautifully said early on, this is not. Don't don't wait for Father Scott and and Doctor Bergwald to come and and uh, implement some program in nope. your parish or something. What does this mean for me, for my family? How do I go about um, embracing and living this vision? Yeah, maybe two, two simple questions. Um, God, what do you
1: invite me to so I can experience more of your love for me Mm. that will help your love come alive more in my heart? And then kind of the companion question, God, can you show me opportunities to uh, share your love with someone else in my life, right? Uh, I think if people just took those questions to heart and asked God to make that clear and simple and easy for them, it would be quite transformative. We had a bunch of people doing that in our parishes or schools or our families. It'd be quite, quite transformative. So those are simple things. And then secondly- Can you repeat the questions? Sure, God, what are you inviting me to? To experience more of your love for me. Maybe it's beginning a habit of daily prayer. Maybe it's uh, having more frequent reception of the sacraments. Maybe it's joining a good Bible study. Maybe it's just um, seeking out other friends who want to grow in their faith and say, hey, let's get together and talk about that Hmm. and support each other in that. You know, it could yep. be a, a bazillion <clears throat> things. But God, can you show me concretely ways that I can encounter more of your love for Ooh. me, that, that love, your love in my heart can be deepened? And I think the natural consequence of that, but also a good question to ask is, God, from the gifts that you have given me, uh, for all the things that I'm grateful for, which are always gratitude is a hallmark of how I've experienced God's love, um, how can I share that goodness with somebody else in my life or another group in my life? What would you be asking me to do in the daily routine of my life Show me that opportunity, help me to recognize that opportunity and help me to say a generous and trusting yes when that opportunity presents itself. And I love this pair: like make it clear, make it simple and make it easy because that's what I need in the midst of a busy life in order to say yes, in order to say yes, I need the door wide open to say yes. So I think those are are helpful questions for people. And then together with that, I would just say this, Um, people will feel stuck. I don't know what to do, or I know what to do, but I don't know how to do it, or I know what to do, and I know how to do it, but I don't know where I can have the opportunity to do this or who I can do it with. And when you feel stuck like that, reach out. Reach out to your pastor. Reach out to our office. We want, that's our job, is to help people where they feel stuck, either individually or in their groups or in their parishes, to get unstuck, whatever the obstacle is. That's where we come in to accompany them and help them over that hump so they can continue to follow uh,
0: with ease and joy what God has inspired in them. Amen. So, um, this final minute, Father, I know that for the both the, the both of us. I think I'm speaking for us. We're very excited personally about this vision, and we're very excited to see what God is going to do in the minds, the hearts, the lives of the people of the diocese who falls. And even if you're listening to this and you're you're not in the diocese who falls, you can still participate right in this vision. Let I me mean, go for it, Father's questions at the end, the little tips he was the, the ideas he was offering. Do that yourself. This is not something that like. It's only the the borders of South Dakota, right? (laughs) I'm pretty sure the Holy spirit isn't like, Oh, It's it's <laughs> the North Dakota border. I gotta stop. <laughs> yeah. Amen. So, Father, thanks for being uh, on Ignition today to help us unpack, understand, and see what difference Bishop Digrid's vision will make for the people of the diocese. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. You bet. So, folks, once more, if if you're you're listening to this and you've been pr- maybe you started to pray about this, you've heard the vision, you understand it more now, and you're wondering what to do, feel free to reach out. And the easiest way you can do it so by now is the uh, email address for the show. Just email Ignition. At SFCatholic.org. Again, ignition at SFCatholic.org. You can also reach out that way if you have any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, may God bless you.